We will sing your praise forever, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Lord, we honor you today. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending Jesus Christ that we might have life and hope and victory. We praise your name today. Those of us who know Jesus Christ who are in this room, we, we offer this sacrifice of thanksgiving for all that you have done for us. And for those who are here with us who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we pray that today might be a day of decision for them, that they might be confronted with their sinfulness, that they might see their need to be saved. We celebrate and we Speak all these things, Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is alive today, risen from the dead, our glorious High Priest and King, who's coming again. We exalt you today. Now we pray that you might bless our time in your word today. May our minds be focused on these things. We ask that you'd forgive us of sins that might interrupt or keep us from hearing your word. And then may we receive what you have for us today. As we celebrate this special day of honoring, glorifying the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have everything for life that we ever need. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good morning. Good to see all of you here today. If you have your Bibles, find your place in 1 Peter chapter 1. If you're a guest here with us today, we're honored to have you. I'm Pastor Mike, and we're delighted to have you visiting with us at First Baptist Church and all of our friends who join us. Uh, who are electronically joined to us today. May the Lord bless you. We miss you and we pray that you can be back with us soon. And for many of you who are just coming back, we're delighted to have you back. And may the Lord richly bless you on this special Easter day. So we're in 1 Peter chapter 1. And since the month of January uh, here at the church, I've been speaking to our people about the importance of understanding the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. When we read in God's Word, we read that, uh, that Jesus was, hung, was, was thirsty on the cross and He cried out and said, I am thirsty. And so they raised a uh, sponge of sour vinegar to His mouth. He took it and then He said, it is finished. And He bowed His head and He died. What does it mean that Jesus Christ would say, it is finished? What does it mean that Jesus Christ would die. Today I declare to you the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, and it is this, that Jesus Christ in history, some 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, according to the Bible. He was buried after He died on the cross. And on the third day, as we celebrate today, He rose from the dead according to what the Bible promised that He would do and what he himself said he would do. He would rise from the dead. And he appeared to well over 500 people in person. Over 500 people saw Jesus Christ raised from the dead. The greatest of all miracles, my friends. When we go to the graveside, we, we, um, we uh, don't anticipate seeing our loved ones again until the resurrection when Jesus comes again. But the Lord Jesus in three days... He rose again and he, and he came and was with all of His dear saints, all of those who had followed Him. So today, as we're looking in 1 Peter, Peter's writing to Christians. So I'm going to speak to believers today who have trusted in Jesus Christ. And because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and God raising Him from the dead, 
I want to talk to you about a, a specific way that we who call ourselves Christians, who are followers of Jesus, are to live our lives these days. So I know you're comfortable, but I'd like for you to stand now again in honor of the reading of God's Word, 1 Peter chapter 1. And for the sake of time, we'll read just a few verses here, and then I'll make some comments uh, for our time together. Verse 17, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. Now remember, Peter's writing to Christians. He says, If you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, Conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Now our primary focus today are verses 20 and 21. For he, that is Jesus Christ, was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word. And may the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So while you have your Bibles open, please keep them open today. I have some things I want to point out in 1 Peter chapter 1. And then we'll also turn to one other place in our time together uh, this morning. So our focus this morning, the focus, the truth that I want to emphasize and focus to all and speak about to all of you today is this, that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead so that believers can trust and hope in God. This is what Peter is focused on. In fact, it's the last phrase of verse number 21. Uh, he was, verse 20, he was foreknown. That is, the Lord Jesus was foreknown before the foundation of the world. He ascended, he, uh, he appeared in these last days for the sake of all of us who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him so that, so that your faith and hope are in God. I wonder today, who is it that you have put your trust in? Who is it that you have put your hope in, your confidence in? Is it yourself? Perhaps you're young here today and you feel strong and smart and you feel like everything's going your way. You've got all your plans made and uh, your family's doing well and your business is good and life just seems to be just like it is outside today, a, a sunny, beautiful day. And you've put your confidence in your own ingenuity and your own abilities and your own ability to do things. Are you trusting in yourself? Have you, have you put your hope and confidence in uh, your money or in your health or in your wisdom and your education and your strength? Who is it that you hope in and who is it that you believe in? Well, this becomes a very important part of our life because who I believe in is who I trust. And those that I trust are the ones I put my hope and confidence in. 
Well, Peter is talking to these believers who were scattered all around uh, this part of the world. In chapter 1, verse 1, he says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens. You see, that's really the condition of all of us who are believers in Jesus Christ. We're passing through. We're pilgrims. This world is not our own. This place is not our permanent place. We now have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and we have trusted Him. I wonder today, do you live, now this is very important, on Easter Sunday, this is a very important question for all of you. And every one of you must answer this for yourself. You, your mom and dad can't answer it for you, your grandparents, your husband, your wife, uh, your friends, they cannot answer this question for you. Do you believe? That is, have you put confidence? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is really physically alive today? That's an important question that everyone in this room, everyone listening to me must answer. You see, the foundation of all of my confidence in living in this world, the foundation of my belief and my hope is in the fact that I believe that Jesus Christ is alive today based on all of these eyewitnesses who are our brothers and sisters in Christ who wrote these words in God's Word, though I have never seen Him with my eyes. I believe, I give glory to God today, I believe that Jesus Christ is as much alive as I am alive standing here speaking to you. He is gloriously ascended to heaven and will one day physically, bodily return to this world and make things right. I believe that Jesus Christ is alive today. But do you or is it just some fable? It's something that the church has done to make, to make us feel better, you know, Brother Steve read from Matthew 28, if you read just on down a little bit more, there were some other witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ on that day. The earthquake came, the stone rolled away, but the uh, religious leaders had put some guards there to guard the grave of Jesus. Well, they saw the angels, they saw the empty tomb, they saw that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. They ran back to the religious leaders. It's in Matthew 28. And they told them that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. The religious leaders didn't even blink. They didn't care. In hardness, in hardness of heart and total unbelief. You know what they did? They did what they did to Judas. They gave them some money. Because money solves everything, doesn't it? They gave them some money and said, well, here's what you do. We'll take care of you with Pilate so you don't get in any trouble with the governor. And here's what we'll do. You just tell people that the disciples came and took the body of Jesus away. He's not really raised from the dead. He's not alive. And Matthew tells us that that story, that myth, that fable went all through the Jewish people. No. You see, these eyewitnesses saw that Jesus Christ was alive and the question for all of you today is, who is it you believe in and who have you put your confidence in? Well, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have learned that by faith you walk with Jesus and you live a life of believing and trusting in God and hoping in God. Because, as we read here in verse number 21, the one who raised Jesus Christ from the dead and glorified Him is the one who is fully alive and we now can put our faith 
and our hope in Him. So I have three observations for you this morning that I'll move through quickly, but I want you to think about them with me today. Keep your Bible open. Number one, I want to talk to you about this fact that God's children, if you're born again here today, if you're a, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have been adopted into the family of God. You're a child of God. And because of that, we, we pray to our Heavenly Father. We're all now of a new family. We're all born again. We're all a part of God's family. And as a result of that, children of God live differently in the world. We don't live like we used to live in the world. We don't live like most of the world lives today. And I might ought to point out, you know, the day that the Lord Jesus rose from the dead, as it's recorded in God's word, Pilate went right on being the governor. He didn't care anything about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, the religious leaders and all the Jewish religion carried on just the same as it had done the day before and even the day when Jesus Christ was crucified. The majority of the people, they went on buying and selling and doing what they do just as, just as many today don't think of this as any special day. They have no consideration, no awareness, nor any care about Jesus Christ or the cross of Jesus Christ or our claims that Jesus Christ is alive, risen, ascended, and is coming again. They got up this morning to go do what they want to do. They got up this morning with confidence in themselves. They got up this morning thinking that they've got all of life to do whatever they want to do. And they've got plenty of time and they don't have to worry about anything. But you see, there were these people. There were these special people who loved Jesus Christ and the Lord over 40 days appeared to them all and spoke with them and they hugged him, embraced him. He ate food with them. He was with them. He had a glorified human body. And then finally, when he was finished with his time after 40 days, he ascended to heaven. He is fully alive in a place beyond time and space. He is alive today in a glorified body and he will come again. These are important things. And I ask you today, do you really believe that Jesus Christ is alive today? Well, your, your very salvation, your very salvation, the salvation of your soul depends on how you answer that question. So if I believe that Jesus Christ is alive and I'm a follower of Jesus, so how do I live? Well, that's what I'm talking about here. God's children live... While they're, on this, while they're on this earth, in a manner of reverence toward God. Secondly, God's children know that Jesus Christ died to save them from their sins. And finally, God's children live by faith and hope in God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. How are you living today? How's your life going today? For many of you who have not been with us, it's been a hard, hard group of years and and times over these past few years, and especially this last year, it's been a really hard time. How are you doing? How are you living? Who are you living for? Who do you have your confidence in? Well, first of all, Peter says to us in verse number 17, if you pray to God the Father, that means if you're a believer. Verse 17, if you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each man's work, conduct yourself in fear during the time of your stay on the earth. You know, you're not here for very long. Your life is short. My life is short. Every day you live, a day of your life is done. God has given to every one of us 
Every human being on this earth, every human being on this planet has a number of days. Your days are clicking by. God gave you the grace to wake up again today and you're alive today. But you're here for a short time. Even if you're 80 years old or beyond, short time compared to being in eternity where there is no time. You're here for just a while. Why, it seemed like yesterday you were just a child and a teenager, then a young adult, then you grew to those other phases. Why, the young here want to be old and the old want to be young. But you're here for just a little while. And we read here in verse number 17 that our Heavenly Father is not partial to any of us. Now, there are some dads in here that are partial to some of their kids. We're not going to talk about that, but it's the reality. It's true. But you see, our Heavenly Father is impartial. He loves us all the same. He cares for us all the same. And so the one that we speak to is our Heavenly Father. Listen, He expects us to live a certain way. He expects us to conduct ourselves with reverence in this world. Not irreverence. The world's got plenty of irreverence and disrespect and silliness. No, God has called us in these days to live and to conduct ourselves in fear. I want you to go back. Look in verse 13. Here are some of the things that he describes in how we live in reverence for God. We're to, uh, we're to live with alertness. He says, uh, prepare your minds for action. We're to live in watchfulness. He says, keep sober in spirit, verse 13. We're to live in hopefulness that Jesus Christ is coming again because we believe that Jesus Christ is alive. We believe His promises recorded in the Bible that He said He was coming again. We believe and we hope on the grace to be brought at the revelation of Jesus Christ, verse 13. We also live these days in reverence separating ourselves from the way we used to live and the lust that used to control us. If you're saved this morning, you used to have in your life lusts and desires that controlled everything you did. They controlled what you did when you got up in the morning. You started in the morning serving those lusts that got you into all kinds of trouble. Verse 14, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts, which were yours in your ignorance before you were saved. What else are we to be? We're to be holy. We're to live our lives now and to conduct ourselves in reverence and to be holy people of God. So God's children must live because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because we have believed in Him and we put our hope in Him. We live as God's people. We have the fear of God, the reverence of God in all that we do. We fear God and we watch for sin in our life. We pay attention to these things so that we might live in the joy of knowing Jesus. Secondly, God's children know that Jesus Christ died uh, to save them from their sins. This is the great confidence you have in knowing Christ today, my friend. Notice he says, as you read your Bible, verse 18, knowing that you were not redeemed, redeemed <coughs> excuse me, with perishable things like silver or gold, from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. We've talked for many weeks about redemption, this word. It means ransomed. It means to have your sins paid for, to be freed from the slavery of sin. And if you're here today and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you remember what it was like to be enslaved to your sin. 
And so as believers, we live in reverence for God who saved us because He raised Jesus from the dead. But we also, we live our life with this knowledge, this awareness that everything that has happened in our life, we have it as a result of Jesus Christ's death for us on the cross. You see, salvation frees us from our sin. That's redemption. Salvation secures our salvation forever. That's redemption by the blood of Jesus Christ. Salvation in Christ is given to those who believe. It is the gift of God to those who will believe. So if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, today you have been redeemed. You have been, your sins have been paid for so that you can have freedom and joy to live a new way of life. But there's a phrase I don't want you to miss in verse number 20. For Jesus Christ was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but He has appeared, He has appeared, see it there, in these last times, notice this phrase, for the sake of you. You believers in Jesus Christ, you must never forget, you must never forget that Jesus died on the cross and all that He did for you, He did for you out of out of His love and grace for you. The grace, oh, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that He would die for me, that He would die as my substitute, that He would die as a just man for my wickedness and my sin. He did it for you. How this ought to warm our hearts. You know why I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Because of all that He has done for me. He died for me. He took the penalty of sin in my place. He died in my place as a substitute for the sin that I was responsible for. He, he uh, gave me His new righteousness. He lived a life of perfect righteousness. And when I believed in Him, I experienced full righteousness. He intercedes for me. Even this moment at the right hand of God, He gives us grace to help us. All the times of our life, He is coming again to receive us. All of this is for you who are believers in Jesus Christ. He has died. All of this has now happened. God sent His Son so that He would die for us. He was foreknown, as we read in 20, before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for your sake. And then I come to the last thing. God's children live by faith because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Notice, who through Him... Through Jesus Christ, we are believers in God who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. What does it mean for you to have your faith and hope in God? Well, it means that you live your life trusting God because the one who raised Jesus from the dead and saved you can be trusted with the rest of your life. You can trust God with all the circumstances that you're going to face and that you've gone through. Now, none of us in this room know what's going to happen tomorrow. That's why Peter reminds us of our short stay. We act like we've got it all planned out. We're going to be here forever, but that's not the case. So in our lives, you don't know what's going to happen to you the rest of this afternoon, nor do I. You don't know what's going to happen in your life next week. You don't know what's going to happen next year or in the time that you have. The question is, as a follower of Jesus Christ, are you willing today, are you living by faith, walking by faith, trusting the God 
who raised Jesus Christ from the dead with all the parts of your life? And do you have a confidence in your life? We live by faith and we have hope in our lives. Look back at chapter 1, verse 3. This wonderful beginning of Peter's words. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to these words. Who according to His great mercy has caused us who are born again, who are saved, to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. All that we have comes because Jesus Christ is alive. And because He has been raised from the dead, we have victory. We believe in Him and trust Him. Now, for just a moment before we go, I want you to turn to John chapter 20 in your Bible. So if you'll keep your place there in 1 Peter, turn over if you have your copy of God's Word. Look with me in John chapter 20. John was an eyewitness not only of the cross of Jesus Christ, but the Apostle John experienced these very things that he writes about. Now we're reading these eyewitness words of John the Apostle about what it was like when he went to the empty tomb of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. John chapter 20, beginning in verse number 3. So Peter, they were told, by the way, verse number 1, by Mary Magdalene, that the tomb of Jesus Christ was empty. And uh, she was wondering where they'd taken the Lord, verse number 2. And we don't know where He's laid. She, she had not yet understood that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. She just knew that the tomb was empty, where He had been buried. So Peter, verse 3, and the other disciple, that's John, went forth and they were going to the tomb and they were running together, verse 4, and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. And stooping in, now this is John who's writing these words that we're reading. And stooping in, John saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. The linen wrappings were the wrappings that Jesus had been buried in just three days before. And Simon, verse 6, Simon Peter also came following John and he entered the tomb and he saw the linen wrappings lying there, notice, and the face cloth, which had been uh, on his head, was not lying with the linen wrappings, uh, but rolled up in a place by itself. Such detail. Such detail. So the other disciple, John, who had first uh, come to the tomb, then he also entered, and please notice these words in verse 8. He saw and believed. He saw the empty tomb. He saw the linens that had been wrapped around Jesus' body in the face cloth on His face. There they were folded and laying there, and He saw the empty tomb, and He believed. This was John's testimony. Now we go down in verse number 19. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, on a Sunday, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst, and He said, Peace be with you. They were afraid, but what did the Lord say? The resurrected Lord to His disciples, Peace be to you. It's all right. Be at peace. Be at peace. And when He had said this, please notice verse 20. He showed them. He showed them. He's not a ghost. He's not a spirit. No, He's there physically in His glorified body. As real as I'm standing here before you and the people you're sitting around are physically here. He showed them both his hands and his side. 
And the disciples then rejoiced, please notice, when they saw the Lord. What did John say in verse 8? He saw the linens, he saw the empty tomb, and he believed. Now they've touched the Lord Jesus with their hands. And when they saw him, they rejoiced. We go on over and we read that one of the disciples was not present. Verse 24, his name is Thomas. Thomas was not with them when the Lord Jesus showed them on that Sunday night, his hands and his side, and they saw him. So the other disciples, verse 25, were saying to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, see, I saw, I have to see it, and the imprint of his nails and put the finger in the place of his of the nails and put my hand in his side. I will not believe. I have to see it to believe it. And so after eight days, verse 26, his disciples were again together and Thomas was with them and the doors were shut and the Lord comes and says again, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, reach here, Thomas. Give me your hands. Reach here with your finger and see my hands. And reach here in your hand and put it in my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. See me and touch me and believe. Then Thomas answered, verse 28, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. But this now is for all of us who are here, who are followers of Jesus. Hear these words from the Lord. These are words for you today. Listen. He spoke them to a man who had to see in order to believe. Who had to touch in order to believe. We've never had that privilege. Listen to our Lord's words now. This is for you on Easter Sunday. He says, Blessed are they who do not see and yet believe. That's the blessing. The blessing of believing and trusting in the one we've never seen. And then John goes on and writes in verse 31, These things have been written. He wrote them in the Gospel of John. These things have been written by an eyewitness who touched and saw the empty tomb and touched and saw the Lord Jesus and walked with Him for 40 days before He ascended to heaven. These things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Listen, and that believing, that believing you may have life in His name. Do you have life today? Are you living life, joyful life, victorious life? You see, everything changed for the disciples when they met Jesus Christ. Everything was, was changed in their life. Well, you know, I quote to this church often, many times, when we talk about being saved, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. If you will confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, now listen, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. You see, you'll never be saved if you do not believe today that Jesus Christ is truly alive. You'll never be saved if you do. You cannot call one Lord who is not alive. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, this is what happens when you come to be a Christian. You say, Jesus is Lord. He's now in charge. I deny myself. I'm going to do what He wants me to do. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's why I asked you at the beginning, do you really believe that Jesus Christ is alive today? Well, unless you understand that and believe that, you cannot be saved. You might have religious feelings. You might think a lot about the Bible. You might be interested in these things because your parents talk to you about it. But you must deal with the fact. You must, you must determine today if you believe these eyewitnesses who have written these words to us of what they saw. And the Lord said, blessed are those, blessed are those who do not see and yet believe. And so with that, I close by reading you one last verse from 1 Peter chapter 1. And I want you to see it in verse number 8, because this is for all of us who live in these days where Jesus is ascended to heaven and we've not seen Him, though you have not seen Him. This is true for every person in this room. There's not a one of us who have seen the Lord Jesus physically. Though you have not seen Him, 1 Peter 1.8, though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Oh, how do I describe the love I have for Jesus Christ, though I've never seen Him? It's because of the experience of what He's done in my life. How do you love someone you've never seen? It's because of their closeness and presence that is as real and tangible as anybody standing next to you. How can I love someone I have never seen? It's because when I speak with him, he speaks with me. Because there is a relationship that now I have with him that is spiritual and is as real as any physical relationship I have. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him. I stand today unashamed. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who is alive and I believe He is coming again and I have based my own eternal circumstances on His being alive and saving me from my sin. And every person in this room must determine the same. And though you have not seen Him, you loved Him. And though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him. We greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. That's what the world sees in us. We're joyful. We're hopeful. We're confident people in a world of despair, hopelessness, misery, hatred. We're believing, hopeful, confident people because Jesus Christ is alive. So what do we need to remember today? Holy awe for God marks the believer's life. Believers confidently trust God who raised Jesus from the dead. And hopefulness is our ground of, of confidence because of Him being raised from the dead. And what must you and I do? I'm saying to all of you who are here today, what must all of us consider? You must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. What is it that I would appeal to you to do? What is our daily use with all of this that we learn? It is that you would trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in Him and be saved because He died on the cross, but He rose from the dead. And rejoice, my Christian friend, rejoice today. Rejoice because your confidence is now in Jesus Christ. For He was foreknown before... The foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope 
are in God. The old hymn says, Look, ye saints. Look, ye saints. Look, ye saints. The sight is glorious. See the man of sorrows now. From the fight returned victorious. Every knee to him shall bow. Crown him, crown him, crown him. Crown him, crown him, crown him. Crowns become the victor's brow. Crowns become the victor's brow.